for over 20 years and been working with Thompson and Associates for uh, eight or nine years and uh, we are just really, Bob is a, a great professional, uh, does extremely well with his clients, his donors, uh, very well liked. And so Bob, thanks for joining us today. Glad to be here, Casey. Bob, I want to talk about a specific um, mechanism, a specific tool that, that some people use and that's an option, uh, which is leaving uh, leaving income with respect to uh, decedent assets or IRAs to a charitable remainder trust in someone's will, in your will. Um, can, can you just explain what what that is? How does that work? Well, yes, it, you know, it's another version or another use of the charitable remainder trusts, which, uh, which all, of course, uh, professional plan giving uh, people understand and have used during their career at various times with great success. And even those who are not full time in the plan giving world uh, at least understand the basics of a charitable remainder trust. But more typically, we see it used during lifetime when people will sell a particular asset like real estate or, or stocks and uh, place that asset in a charitable remainder trust, sell it, and receive income during their lifetime. A testamentary version of that means that when both, uh, with, when both individuals and a married couple have passed on, they leave some asset from their estate, and we often uh, see it happen with as you say, IRA or IRD assets, in a testamentary charitable remainder trust which pays income to other individuals, usually family members, for a period of time after they are deceased. So it's, the, it's, a, it's a version of the charitable remainder trust that comes after life, not during life, and has some very specific applications. Well, what are some benefits of that? Why, why would someone think about doing that with a, a retirement account? Well, you know, it's interesting that as plan giving professionals, we're often focused on tax uh, consequences of the sale or transfer of certain assets and um, often wind up recommending to people uh, on that basis. But I have found now in doing some in-depth planning with our with our donors and on behalf of our nonprofit clients that the motivation behind using this type of a, a plan or part of a plan in the overall estate plan for families is more often the needs of their family themselves. Um, just a quick experience. I mean, even years ago, before I was working with Thompson, I, I was counseling a family uh, at the Medical Center Foundation where I work, who had already put together their estate plan and they were leaving about a million dollars to each of their three children. And um, they <laughs> revealed to me that they had concerns about one of their heirs who, who was recovering from alcoholism, but they, they were not sure how receiving that amount of money would actually impact his life. And uh, and I suggested to them that maybe they would want to put that asset into a trust that would pay him income and not deliver that 
uh, amount to him in total at one time. And they were very excited about that. They were, they were doubly excited when they realized that this would also um, result in a major gift to our Medical Center Foundation. It was my first clue that the real motivation that drives these kinds of decisions and makes the plan actually come to fruition is more about the needs of the family than it is tax savings or even the gift to charity, to be honest. Uh, there are other ways to make gifts to charity that probably benefit the charity a bit more than this. So it's really the need of the family, and that's where I spend time now when I'm working with families, uh, when we discuss this particular aspect of estate planning, is trying to um, uncover what their family situation is, and then I make a determination as to whether or not it's a useful option for them. Okay, well, yeah, that makes sense. So it's not just end-all, be-all, and this is, this is what you need to do. You know, so, so talk about that with, with the family. So this, for this piece of an estate, if, if um, someone's considering a testamentary chari charitable remainder trust, um, what, what are the benefits to the family? Well, the benefit to the family is uh, that it, it controls the distribution of income. You know, uh, most individuals, or many, I wouldn't say most, uh, we, we do educate families on this option as well, but uh, certainly professionals know in the, in the finance and estate planning world that, that there's an option in terms of rolling over an IRA. If, if my parents left me a sizable IRA, I have two options. I can either receive it in cash and pay a substantial amount of that, up to 40%, in income tax immediately, or I can roll it into my own IRA <clears throat> and, uh, and defer that tax and receive that income later. But there are many families who are, not, who are concerned that their family member, first of all, might not use that rollover option, and secondly, if they received a big chunk of their IRA in cash, that they would use it inappropriately. So, you know, they're concerned about how to control the asset in a way that will give their family member income and benefits from the asset, but not a lump sum payment. Okay. So, it, it, just to clarify, when you, when you're saying roll the rollover, uh, you know, that sometimes that's used in a spousal rollover. Um, mm -hmm. But when you're saying rollover as far as an heir, you're, you're, you're more talking about a stretch where you can stretch that that's, out, right? That's correct, yeah. It, it's the stretch, uh, IRA stretch out provision in the law that allows me, for example, to extend the life of my parents' IRA, for example, by stretching it out through my own, my own IRA instrument. Yeah, okay, that, that, that makes sense. That's a good, good clarification. So uh, what about taxes? Um, and let's talk. You know, I think I think we have two taxes in play: income and estate tax. So, can you address those issues when we when we put an IRA into a testamentary charitable remainder trust? Well, you know, it's interesting that um, most families that we work with, certainly in my experience, are surprised to find out that uh, there is something other than just an estate tax do on the assets, you know, they, many will sit down with me and say, well, you know, the exemption amount now is over $5 million, so 
we don't have any taxes to worry about. And I will point out, point out to them that as much as half of their net worth is actually in a tax-deferred account of some kind, and we do have another tax to be concerned about, which is income tax on that asset when transferred to anyone outside of uh, the marriage relationship. So, you know, we, we focus our planning around that income tax issue in a, in a great degree. And what we, what we know is a benefit to the testamentary uh, charitable remainder trust is that you can avoid the income tax on transferring that asset by, by transferring it not directly to an individual but to a charitable remainder trust after the parent's lifetime. <clears throat> and so, but, but then whenever they receive the income from the, the remainder trust, now they're, again, it's, it's, they're going to have to pay the income tax when they get <laughs> the, the, uh, the payments from the, the CRUD, though. They don't, they don't just eliminate the income tax issue, is that right? That's correct. They, they have not eliminated the tax. But what they've done is avoided losing a substantial portion of the corpus. It's the same benefit that we all see in our retirement accounts when we defer our income and watch the account grow in a, in a tax-free zone. I, I, was, I use the word tax-free cautiously because it's, yeah. it's a tax avoidance for a period of time. It's not tax-free in terms of for its entire life. So same thing happens. You transfer the asset into a charitable trust at the end of lifetime. There's no tax on that transfer. There is tax on the income received, but at least the entire amount of the IRA maintains itself in that tax avoidance zone and continues to grow. Yeah, good, good point, good point. Well, um, and, and as far as estate tax, I mean, there's if, if someone's um, concerned with estate tax, and, and I and I know we're we're talking about some some small things. You mentioned earlier that that uh, the motivation is is not really tax avoidance at this point. It's more about some family issues, but you know, but but there are some estate tax advantages. So uh, could could you speak to that? Well, you know the the IRA account is of course considered a part of the total estate, so. You know there are um, there are concerns there. If, if the total of the assets that are in the trust, combined with the assets that are in a tax deferred account, are greater than the estate tax exemption, then we have to be concerned about not only income tax on that asset, but estate tax as well. Plus, of course, um, if you if there, there's an option. I mean, there's a possibility that leaving some of your IRA either directly to charity or through a charitable remainder trust at the end of your lifetime can create some um, income tax deductions against the estate tax obligation, which is another advantage. Yeah. Okay. Well, well great, Bob. That's great. Uh, just just to sum up, one last question. Just to sum up. What what would be the um, you know the example or the someone that would benefit from something what what would someone look like what would the donor the the uh, couple and, and um, what would that estate look like uh, ideally that could benefit from 
leaving an IRA to a testamentary charitable remainder trust? Well, again, I come back to the need of the family. I think that's the strongest, uh, that's the driving force behind the decision for folks uh, here. Now, there are some very high net worth individuals uh, who are looking for, who have a very obvious both estate and income tax uh, issues, you know, that, that, are, that they're a primary candidate that would benefit from planning like this. But most everyone has some tax-deferred accounts in their estate nowadays. And uh, when we talk with families, I talk with them about both the option of using the testamentary charitable trust to avoid taxes. If the, if the need is not so strong to control the flow of income to their family, uh, as I pointed out in the first uh, example, where there's a real concern about them receiving a lump sum payment. Then we do go back to talking about making an outright gift to charity from that IRA account, because that might be the best option for both uh, them in terms of their desire to support charity, because obviously the charity would get the um, gift much sooner than having it deferred in a charitable trust. And oftentimes, folks will come to a place where they'll say, you know, I'm going to leave a substantial portion of my IRA account directly to charity because there's enough other assets in my estate, and uh, my family will do fine. Or we may go down the other path, which says, you know, I really want to be charitable. I have some concern about my family utilizing income in the appropriate way. And the combination of those factors makes this charitable, testamentary charitable trust attractive to me because I can not only do the right thing for my family, but I can make a much larger gift to charity, uh, albeit in the future after I'm gone, but I can make a much larger gift to charity using this charitable remainder trust option than I ever dreamed possible. Thanks, Bob. If, if someone wanted to reach out and, and get a hold of you, what, what's the best way to contact you? They can contact me uh, either by email or phone. It's, of course, Bob at ceplan.com or 707-227-6015. Great. Bob, this has been great. Very helpful and very informative. I appreciate your time today. Oh, glad to, glad to be here with you, Casey.